Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You but with good credits. Hey, welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. I'm your co-host, Sean Linda, and I'm with my big brother, Matthew Smith, a.k.a. Matt Smith. And for those that don't know, Matt is a historian of many things. You know, sports and music. He's my go-to guy. We can argue about it all day long and all day, all night. So I'm going to do a little side chat because I was unaware of this. I went, you know, if anybody doesn't know, Hip Hop is celebrating its 50th year anniversary. And I was at this event in in Brooklyn. And I was like, 50 years? That mean hip-hop was born in 73. And I was like, nah, Sugar Hill Gang came out in 79, 78. And I even talked to my homeboy in Canada. And he was like, yeah, hip-hop was around 78, 79. I was like, you know what? I got to bring it to historian Matt Smith. And I, you know, and in my head, I'm like, he's not going to convince me otherwise that hip hop was born in 73. And you know what? I just think it's important to share with our audience because he actually made such a great explanation of how hip hop started in 73. I know it's a little off topic, but I think it's important to share. So Matt, sorry to put you on the spot like that, but you know, when it comes to things, I know, I know. So just give us a brief synopsis for those that, we're curious like myself, and it makes total sense. I'm so happy to share it with you guys. It was actually such a great summary of what it all meant and how it all came together. So just kind of give us an idea of how f- hip-hop was born in 1973. Think, think it makes sense for anyone? Okay. Well, I, for anyone listening who is more of a historian than I, because I don't claim to, to know it all, but I, I'll give you the essence of the facts as I know them. But thank you for the intro, and yes, everyone who may not know I am – a big music history buff, sports history, but music, since that's the question. So in a nutshell, hip hop's 50th birthday, it was the, the birth of hip hop is viewed in 1973. And, and the, the facts of that time were in New York City and the Bronx. There were some gang wars going on. The Savage Skulls and the Savage Nomads were the gangs that I'm aware of that were warring. And also, DJ well, you should remember, Pearl Matt, you were like a young adult by then. You were like nah, in your early 30s when so that was going on. <laughs> but anyhow, continue. I'm not that old. I was <laughs> so, anyway, DJ culture was also um, like Caribbean influence, the Jamaican. Brum, brum. Uh, 
cool herc and a lot of these young djs there's the a gang war going on and basically all of these things converged in 1973 where there was a a meeting of the gangs for a peace treaty there were park jams going on where the djs would plug into the to the power outdoor power cords in the park and and just play great music there would be mcs who would be like the hype man for the djs and in this in this movement or in this time the gangs, the DJs, the kids, the dancers, the B-boys, the, the graph, graffiti writers, they all just basically kind of converged. And like this, this culture, which we call hip hop, all of these parts kind of came together to kind of birth this culture. So it wasn't like there was a... a what do you mean a, birth? How did they birth it? What did they do? Meaning like it wasn't like there was one artist who was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a star rapper in 1973 and this is called hip hop. It wasn't like it was spoke of in that regard like this is what this is everyone everyone this is hip but all of the the elements that we've come to know as hip-hop are MCing, djing graffiti and b-boying which is the dancing so all of those elements in around in and around that same time just started blossoming and blowing up under this after this peace treaty and with the park jams Again, I'm not giving exactly verbatim how it all day to day on the first day, like in the Bible of Genesis. But what I'm saying is all of those elements came together and grew together and became a unified culture, unified, quote unquote, whereas like under the the, the banner of the music and the beats of, of you know, the, the parties, the jams, you know, like graffiti writing, dancing, b-boying, emceeing, it all was just it all connected and like the perfect storm, basically perfect storm. The DJs were the star, the MCs were just the hype man. But as our culture is known to do, we put a little style on it. Those MCs became more and more prominent because the better MC, the better hype man would put better, you know, slick rhymes and ways to introduce their DJ. Then before you know it, there's a shift. And now the the MCs start to move in front of the DJs. Then you start to have recorded rap music. 1979, you have a national hit record with the Sugar Hill Gang, which to the insiders who were hip hop insiders in the 70s, they didn't view the Sugar Hill Gang as legit. They were viewed as like, these dudes are from New Jersey. They're not like like the better rappers were in the parks, didn't even know that they had no idea that what the Sugar Hill Gang was going to that they were going to blow up. In fact, one of the members of the Sugar Hill Gang borrowed lyrics from the popular group at the time, the Cold Crush Brothers were the biggest group, or maybe them and, and, and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But Grandmaster Kaz, the star of the Cold Crush Brothers, loaned his lyrics out to this dude who was used to be his security guard. And he ended up having a hit record that just blew up and what really wasn't even a real artist. He, you know, I got you gave me your lyrics and you were just an underground neighborhood star and then you gave me your lyrics and i become a global star stealing your using your lyrics but anyway that's interesting so you know just to sum it up which all makes sense so how hence why it's how it started in the bronx you know from these jams in the park and a little bit of the jamaican influence because jamaicans were always emceeing over songs for years and so they just so they just took a piece of that a snippet of that began emceeing, rhyming, and then it just, just elevated because everybody loved that part of the, the 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 jams. And then they just made records from it. And that's why I thought hip-hop started in 1779. But really what you said and, and kind of made sense, 
the first record dropped that became popular in 78, 79, but they were having jams in the park where the MC was on the mic doing these little intros and rhymes. And finally the rhymes took over. So I just thought that was such great gems and interesting, Matt. Once again, also, thank you. One other, one other point, because like you said, the Jamaican influence, I think there was also in terms of like the, the Muhammad Ali's, like if you look in the oh, 60s, yes. oh, like yes, there were other people, like all these, all of these things, influences, I think just kind of, just came together and like t- bragging, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I'm the greatest of all, all that stuff. It's like, that's like a MC, the, the DNA of an MC. I think it stems from kids growing up idolizing Ali and the, the, the Jamaican music culture and American music cultures all, and the Latin influences, all these things, the hood. You, basically. you made an interesting point. Like you said, even before we had this conversation on the sidebar and actually, you know what, Matt, we're just going to make this into a show. This is not the intro. This is going to be a show. We're going to put out a special edition show for all those listening you're privy to. But, you know, you made an interesting point where you said that, you know, hip hop started before hip hop in a sense, meaning yes. that it's like the coolness of, black people you know and you know james brown for years i don't even know they're still doing to this day but james brown they said was sampled in i don't know percentage wise but a huge percentage of all hip-hop songs there is some sample of james brown in it so if you really want to go back you can say james brown was almost hip-hop and the way he's and some of his songs yes he could sing but some of his songs he was almost like rapping in some of his songs you know what i mean so so if you even like when you think about it as you said like guys like james brown were godfathers of hip-hop and they didn't even know it yeah i mean that's my belief and i know like there's the official what we're going with right now which is cool in terms of picking 1973 and saying hip-hop is 50 you're sold on 73 73 you can i'm good with it because i think it gives us a, a starting point and all these artists who have kind of not been forgotten about but it's giving these artists like a platform where this summer they're getting great work and great visibility because we put it in this container now i also think of it differently i think there's like what you just said i think hip-hop is beyond that i think of hip-hop as the influence of the how black people have been influential in style sports music sounds movement language like we just have a unique way a flair about a style about life that and you're putting a money spin on it, Matt. I'm not even saying billions. Think of the trillions of dollars that has been made from him. Think of the jobs it's created, the doors it's opened for the community. I mean, you're, you've built your career. You came to New York off hip-hop, and you're still leveraging hip-hop to this day. I, for all those know, again, Matt was the producer of, back in the day, in the night I met him, of really the number one hip-hop show in America. And this was a platform before there was internet for artists to get to get some PR, to get some notice. And I remember like hanging out with Matt and his phone blowing up and he'd be like, yo, no, we don't have time for DMX this week. We can't put him on. Jay-Z got to <laughs> chill. Like tell Jay-Z we can fit him in three weeks from now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yo, Kanye, who's this Kanye guy? No, we can't come on our show. Yo, I like Matt, you know, so. Well, it, I like that. If we're going to talk about the financial impact of this hip-hop culture you are absolutely correct my professional i owe my professional career to this culture in a lot of ways so i've always sat on in it at an interesting point because hip-hop has had a lot of critics from its early days there was people who were like what is this this isn't music when it was just kind of simplistic rhymes like rapper's delight and and those early days when it wasn't really anything negative but people just thought oh this isn't music then there's a stretch where people thought, 
oh, like maybe the NWAs or just the hardcore gangster stuff or maybe the the, the flashy, um, uh, superficial stuff. Maybe it, it had or, or oversexed. Like people would talk about all the negatives of it. I always kind of, A, I love the culture. I love the music. But also, I want to go back to that after you finish your point. Just continue. But I want to go back to that. Okay. That story, but- like I understand a lot of the critique and I'm not here to say that critique or criticism was wrong or not valid. But I also was someone who was sitting on the other side of the culture where some of my favorite artists were, were, were rapping about very positive things. And like, if you grew up in, you know, when, at the beginning of this culture, when it was from 79 and, and beyond, if you were hearing the early years of hip hop, you were getting a lot of positive music. It wasn't. And, and basically, I guess what my whole point in my, on this ramble is I was as a, as a young professional, a, I was addicted to the music, but B, I started seeing all the doors it was opening up in television, in in in, mag, in journalism, in in fashion, and to me there were so many benefits because we were owning our stuff for a time, and that shifted a lot. But there's I a heard, lot of financial benefits to hip hop. I heard a point uh, not to, just recently that you know before hip hop, black music was about love, mm. was about respect, was about you know positive stuff. And hip hop changed that, you know, and it was more or less because, you know, the negativity started selling, you know, what do you think about that? What do you think about like all the negative impact and was it for financial gain or is it really like, and all the, you know, the misogynist stuff, was it really about our culture or you think it was for capital gains and then the big execs went with it because it sold and made money? Like, That's a a loaded, that's a great question and a loaded question. I think the truth is, Hip hop in its early years, like they, they say the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, their song, The Message, they talk about it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Like that was the first song where you, people you, you heard, felt it and you felt that video and everything. You felt that pain. And they were talking about something other than like a hip, a hop, a hippie to like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, your hands. Talk about real problems back in the 80s. New York was no they were, joke. They were, they were talking, talking about, about the hood and showing stuff. you real videos of what's going on in the hood. That, and the from media that was not song, showing. That inspired all these other artists that followed to be able to speak about issues or, or things that beyond just throwing your hands in the air. Did it go too far? The party. Did it huh? go too far? Did it go too far? Well, I guess, but you can, it's what came first, chicken or the egg? Like, were the conditions in the country, which we did not create, the what sparked the, the commentary or sparked the, the, the content? Like, we're writing about, you know, F the police. Is it just because out of nowhere? That was, off, that was Rodney King stuff, right? That came out of Rodney King, right? I mean, it, yeah, that whole era. Like, there's just been a lot of police brutality in our inner cities. So the, 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 the negative that our cities are dealing with or our American culture or just, I, I'm just thinking in terms of the growth of hip hop in the early eighties, I'm not going to call it world culture because it started here. Um, but what was going on in the United States in the seventies and eighties and nineties influenced the content It influenced the music. And it's, we can blame, it's like, you can't blame the victim. <laughs> you can. So you're I mean, okay with all this misogynistic. What about the misogynistic stuff, the sexual, the demeaning of women and all that kind of stuff. You mean like like when the president says, I grab him by the, the lady part? Yeah, but we're not talking about the president. We're talking no, about but we him. are. Because to me, it's like it's misogyny exists. So you're so, okay with people of color talking about ex- exploiting it? You're, you're okay with the direction of hip? You're okay in which direction of hip-hop went? I have plenty of 
things that I would love. Like there's my ideal hip hop. It's, it's more like the tribe called quests and the, you know, public enemies. And the, I come from an era where there's plenty of conscious music. There was also party music and there's plenty of gangster music that I've liked as well. It's like gangster movies. Like I love a good, good fellas or, a uh, um, what's the, the Godfather. So I'm, but I do agree with you, Sean, that there are issues with the content that it feels like sometimes it's gone too far. And it, but it's also, it's beyond, to me, it's bigger than the music. There's issues in the hood. There's issues in the community in the conditions and some of that is are, are the kids imitating the art or is art you know speaking about the conditions that exist and but you know other genres of music to express themselves never had to go that far you know i love hip-hop i don't want to sound like an old hag and i want to sound bad but like okay, let me give you a perfect example so i work out at a crossfit in brooklyn and it's mixed it's black and white and sometimes during the cla- during the sessions, they'll play, you know, they'll play hip hop. And like, I cringe at those songs that just, that's just the N word at every two seconds. And I'm like, you know, if I was white, I don't know if I could listen to a music where I have to like, can't say, and I got to pause. I can't say the N word. I can't say the N word. I, I kind of wish like there was some sign of regulation. Like I always tell my kids, like, you don't use your words carefully to express yourself. You know, I wish there was no profanity in hip hop. I wish there was no N word in hip hop. I don't know well, if it would change it because I, I just it. think if I was a white guy, why would I listen to this music that I can't really sing along to all the I, time? I think you can flip that question because it's a great question. I there's I totally respect where you're coming from, but. And with that same energy, we can look at the conditions of the inner cities, the conditions of, you know, poverty stricken areas in this country for the past 50 years. Like why? Like we can ask, like it really it's like it's instead of blaming the music, I think we should attack the financial way this country and maybe the way the world is built there's like the one percent or the five percent has the wealth and then you have people who are fighting over the scraps and there's people maybe in the middle class or upper middle class doing okay but i'm just saying to me like being upset about the music is valid because the music gets put on front street we hear it on the radio it's all in our face it becomes hit music and it becomes you know, monetized for commercials and it's, it's, it's everywhere. I get it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I just think it's a nice diversionary tactic by the man behind the curtain. It's like, good. Well, you, just, you just they're, opened up, a, you just opened up a door. We're going to go back to talking about finances. And I will say, and I'm going to take the stand on it. Hip hop has added no money to the black community, to the hood. Like, I guess some people have come out because of it. We can say, you know, the Dr. Dre's, the 50 cents, the Jay Z's, you know, we can go on and on about the people that have come. That have, great point. I want to hear this because I have, already have an argument. But go that ahead. Have, that have come out of the hood because of hip hop. But the overall premise, the hood is still the hood. Hip hop has not made on in a, in a totality black people further ahead. It's given us the spotlight, given us the floors. We've expressed our culture, but it hasn't brought wealth. It's almost like what's happening in the I don't know the uprise is happening in Africa right now. We're like in Nigeria where it supplies one third of the electricity to France, but yet 90% of the people in Nigeria do not have electricity. You understand what I'm saying? It's like hip hop 
has richened a very few, but the overall, but the, the premise, where it's from, the hood, it's not gotten rich or wealthy. That's why, like, you know, people are going to hate me to say this, but I'm not a huge, like, Jay-Z fan. I love his music. Don't get me wrong. I love his music. But when I look at what, you know, Jay-Z has leveraged the, the coolness of Brooklyn. He's used it throughout his career. He's mentioned it, like, almost thinking that he's still in Brooklyn at some point. But I don't feel his presence in Brooklyn. I live less than a mile from Marcy Projects where he grew up. I don't see uh, I, Jay-Z pulling anybody out of Marcy. Probably. Yeah, he has his nonprofit. Don't get me wrong. I heard about it. But to me, as an artist, these artists, you have to, you, they, we should be able to feel their presence in the Can hood. Can you give me an example of an entity or a, 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 whether it's like who ha, whose presence? Okay. I, I, okay. Let me go. I, I got you on this. I got you on this. So, you know, I am Caribbean. And one thing that's un, like, it's an unwritten rule amongst Caribbean artists that they have to go back to their hood and, and help with their hood. So if you look at Bob Marley, as rich as he got, he always go back to his hood. You look at Buju Banton, you look at Sizzler, you look at Rihanna. They're always known to be in their hood and go back to the hood. Give a, huh? Who put Rihanna on? But I'm not talking. I'm not thinking to put people on for his own benefit. He made money. He's making money. No, he pimped her out. You didn't answer. Yeah, Jay Z put her on, but he oh, pimped her oh, out. Okay, okay, okay. Jay Z has okay. done. In my and I'm but, you can that, you can hear me or not. Jay Z has done nothing that wasn't for my question. Jay Z has done nothing for Brooklyn. He hasn't even done a free concert for hold Brooklyn. On, Every year he should have a show at Prospect Park. Like hold on, free. So my question. You actually you took my question maybe misinterpreted where I was what I was asking. I didn't ask you. I wasn't asking name a, a music genre like. Because also, I mean, I don't know about the conditions in Jamaica if everybody's wealthy because of Bob Marley, but um, but my question was outside of you said hip hop hasn't done anything or, or provided the, black, it. the, the, the hood is still the hood. The, what, we, ha, we have the black people have not my, enriched my themselves off hip hop. Okay, I'm, okay, go ahead. What? I'm, getting, I'm getting hot here. And this is just what supposed to be an intro, people. We turn this into a show. This is what we do with two black guys with credit. Maybe we should go to commercial. Can we go to commercial break? Let's go to commercial well, break. Let me get the question out first. Okay. Then we can ask it, answer that when we come back. I want to know what entity, and when I mean entity, it's, I don't really, I don't know if that's the right word, but like the school systems, the churches, the po- political spectrum, uh, big business, indep- small business. Like who, who is the example of what you're saying hip hop is not doing for the black community? Tell me what area is there? So, oh, here's the example of an entity that look how they've made the black community great, and they they're helping everybody out. Like, tell me what this magical entity that's helping everybody? Because I don't, I, I just want to understand what we're what we're grading hip hop next to. Great question, great question. All right, so let's take a quick break on this impromptu topic of two black guys with good hip hop. Uh, no, two black guys with good hip hop. Excuse me, two black guys with good credit talking about the financial impact. Of hip-hop. We'll be right back. Black Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today we're running an audible. We are talking about hip-hop, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and also the financial impact that hip-hop has had on the world and on Black culture or just the world, whatever, the financial impact of hip-hop. So, Sean, the question before the break, because you were, you laid out some, some criticisms, valid, about how hip-hop has not done anything in terms of, other than people enriching themselves, a, a, a small group of artists is kind of how... I think less than 1%, less than 1%, 0.555 of the total Black population. Yes, go ahead, continue. Okay, so the, the hip-hop artists that have gotten rich... Now, as a culture, you're saying hip hop has not done enough or done anything to help the conditions of the rest of black America or black people or or people around the globe. So my question before the break was what entity, be it the church, be it the school systems, be it the government, be it big business, be it small business, be it charity or something else? Is there an example of an entity that is doing doing things in a way that sh- hip hop should aspire to be like who is who is giving in a way in, in that you'd like to see hip hop do if that makes okay. sense. Okay, I'm going to answer your question. So I'm and I'm meaning to write off the church because you know I have my feelings about that. I think the church is a place of religion, but have they helped the black community out? Has the church helped the community out? Uplifted the community? I I, I don't think that would be an example that I would use. The education system. I live in New York City, one of the most racist, discriminated education systems in America. So I would not use that as an excuse either. But you know what? I would look at Matt, and you know, I'm glad we went to commercial break because before before I went to commercial break, I really didn't have an answer for you because, like, you know, point valid. But if I had to say who we could eliminate, illuminate, or follow, as as what would be said, um, you know, I would look at the Jewish community, where if within their community. It's known to uplift. They, you know, they have the, within their community. They've created a community where they have their own ambulance service. They have their own school system. There, it's it's taught for them to help each other and uplift each other in their community. And you see it. So if hip hop could could be the rabbi of the community, and, and we would succeed. Okay, so fair that you gave me. I threw out a question. I didn't know if you were going to have an answer. You came up with an answer. I do find some 
some flaws in that answer because I, I feel like there's Hey, no be careful way. what you say. You're treading on waters. I, I, once I mentioned, you know, you got to be careful because oh, no, I got you, our show could get cut I, off. I, 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 live, I just want you to tread live, water lightly here. I live in love. I love, I have no malice. And, 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 that, and that's not even being facetious. You really so do. My, 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 Matt's my, entire family. Yeah, my, push, my pushback is not against any group. My pushback is more about how hip hop is unfairly being held to a standard that no other art form is expected. So Jay Z couldn't be the rabbi of, of, of Brooklyn. Jay Z couldn't be the rabbi. Jay, you like like I'm I'm not to harp on the guy, but it's just that I live so close to where he is, and I just know how much he's leveraged, made billions off the Brooklyn. He even has a, he has an exhibit at the museum right now, and it's to sell his book. I'm like, bro, right. come on, dog. Do understand one community. thing here. Do something for the hip-hop community, bro. Is celebrating what fifty years? That would make it pretty much. The baby, pretty much the youngest art form out here. And we're expecting it to be some elevated art form in terms of, oh, we're not only we're the youngest, but we're we're doing it the best in terms of enriching and helping to grow maybe the the, the group one of the one of I'm not gonna say the most struggle-ridden group, but Black America is one of is is one of the groups on the planet that because of our history, Facts. there's a lot of struggle. Facts. And I, to, for a 50-year-old art form that's just kind of like, like, I don't know how old classical music is or how old, you know, but let's look at American music, jazz music, rock. You know, those things are at least double the age of hip-hop or, or, or acting or, or sports or church and education. And like those, there's these entities have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And like to expect hip-hop coming out of the hood to be elevated enough and savvy enough. Like we're two black guys with good credit, giving financial wisdom or sharing financial tenants and, and things that we've gleaned, or we'll bring on experts to, to give, to fill in gaps from and things we don't know. You have your expertise in real estate and all the things that you know and love and have studied about finance. And we share these things, but in terms of like an art form, hip hop is 50 years old coming out of the hood. Like they don't have it. It's, I, I just think it's tough. You're ex, you're, the bar. I like that you put a bar because we should be striving to be better. And I don't mind us being critical of hip hop. I just want to say for the people who are critical of hip hop to also have a spot in your heart, to look at the other side of the coin, to give us some grace on, all right, we're not perfect and there's lots to be critical of, but there is some financial value and, and benefit that has come from hip hop to our community. Yeah, but, you know, you, you, I agree with what you're saying. It is 50 years young, hip-hop. But I just believe that in order for change to happen, like, okay, if you look at our show, Two Black Guys with Good Credit, there's a lot of good community stuff that we do organically that's come out of this show. I mean, when we look back at the things we've been able to do with this show, it's been a great experience. I just think you should be able to see the revolution starting to happen. Things start to trend that way with the, like, let's just fast forward now to the future of hip hop, where it's going and the monetizing of hip hop. I don't see with the exception of like chance to rapper going to Ghana, which I thought was a great initiative. You know, I don't see there's, there's an overall movement in hip hop. I think it's an industry that's a, you know, it's a capitalistic, it's a capitalistic industry where people are about making personal wealth. I don't see it moving. I don't see a hundred years from now, the hood or black people, evolving because of hip-hop i even think hip-hop has peaked i think you know i'm old so that's why i'm probably thinking that i don't see it like what i i don't see it like people are still loving 90s and 2000 hip-hop i don't see a next 
slew of hip hop coming in trumping 90s hip hop. I just don't see it. And it and it and the 90s hip hop has stood strong now for going over 20 years and it, it still cannot be trumped. And I don't see that changing. So I don't see hip hop like evolving to a point where like it's going to be this huge change for the community. Can I and that's I would, my concern. I would suggest this to, to you, Sean, because there's the music and the music can have its ups and downs. It's like a stock. I know we talk about, you know, different ways to invest and there's, you know, mutual funds and this, and that, but like, to me, it's like music can have its peaks and valleys and popularity. The industry, the music industry has changed with streaming that, you know, the industry is going to impact some of the popularity in terms of how big an artist can get. But what I want to suggest to you is, the real, I think, impact or way we should be viewing hip hop is not in record sales or in artist popularity. I think it's more viewing hip hop as young black or young black and brown culture or, or people who are um, passionate about the culture, whether you're black or not. But young black culture is what I see as hip hop. And like you look at your sons and, and how they're traversing through life they're going to college and they're learning new or high they're in school but like the, what they're going to come across in life hip-hop is a part of their existence in, in terms of the young people and how they're going to attack things how they're going to deal with whether it's fashion whether it's school whether it's politics whether it's whatever their their perspective to me is young black energy is hip-hop is the point i'm making so it's not really about record sales it's about how well we can is hip-hop still black to you i mean black guys with good credit is hip-hop like us giving our perspective and, and and talking to people about money and investment and 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 how to improve their lives hip-hop is you know it one i don't want to ramble too long i'll pass the mic back to you but i think the, um, light just went off in my head it's like hip-hop is just turning 50 so it's like a person turning 50 how at 50 you start to have like this life lived experience and you're telling your the people who are un younger than you you're giving them knowledge hey you, you might want to save or you might want to worry about your credit do you understand how your credit works? like hip-hop is just at that age of like oh wow we're seeing it differently and now we can share that information with the younger generation so it's evolving to you there's more to yes. come yeah and it may not it may not be records maybe we peaked in terms of record sales and the popularity of an individual artist but in terms of how we can share information and have podcasts and have platforms where we can you know it can grow in other ways okay okay so uh let's give some closure to this so let's talk about the financial impact of hip-hop um where you see it going and just you know close it out and then i'll give you my two cents worth it's worth and we'll get out of this show i think it was a great show <laughs> okay um well for me the overall topic of this impromptu show the financial impact of hip-hop i'm That's someone is i've I'm a I'm speaking from a lived uh, perspective where I, I have to give credit and I have to to be I have to give credit to, to the culture of hip hop because it's helped put the roof over my head. Like I, I went from because people who work in media, like if you were around in the era before me and you went to a newsroom. You wouldn't see any black people working in the newsroom. If you yeah, you saw that trend. You saw the transition. You lived. You lived through the trend. Absolutely. You lived. Like people don't know. Like you fought for hip hop to have Definitely. its place in the media. You were part of that revolution. 
It's like absolutely. Say, say, I think that a, a sitcom, like you know, if you went to the seventies or sixties versus like Anthony Anderson and Blackish, if you looked at the writers' room on that sitcom, like all of this to me is connected to hip hop and black culture and hip hop culture becoming world culture. So it's given so many people an opportunity to be a radio host, to be a journalist, to be, to start a fashion line, to, to start a magazine that talks about fashion lines, to start like, there's so almost, and so many, even politics, you could say president Obama uh, was the first, like he, he, he knows he grew up on hip hop. He's like, like the influence of hip hop is from politics to, to art, to so many different right. ways, it's impacted and created jobs. It's been a job creator, and I've lived it. So the impact—I don't know what the number is or how you would quantify the financial impact of this culture, but I think there aren't too many art forms or any. Take—I don't know if the art is the right way. There aren't too many forms of anything that have created as many jobs for young black people, young black and brown people, or young poor people, young folks or whatever, not even young. Now we're old jobs for old folks. It's been a job creator, Sean, Linda hip hop has been a job creator. And I there, but I don't say that blind to the things that are wrong. Hip hop. There are things to be critical of, but I will say it's been a job creator more so than much that of anything else I can think of for for people and my peers, people that I know. So I got to tip the cap to hip hop's ability to create jobs. Damn. Can all people know that Matt's passionate about hip hop? Hip hop is like his first son. Don't say shizit about the hip hop. Well, I will say this. I am not like deep involved in culture as Matt is other than being a huge fan of hip hop. You know, I was raised in hip hop. Hip hop for me from the earlier. So for those who don't know, I grew up in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And when I was born in the 70s and when I was in the 80s, it was like, it started off with like rock, you know, we were more into like the Metallica, heavy metal, soft rock to like 80s rock. But when hip hop came in, when hip hop hit Canada, I became like the Caribbean outcast child to the cool child to who's expected to know how to break dance, who's expected to know the windmill. You know what I mean? And yeah, I had what, six, three, you two and tall. I can I could not windmill. I, ha- I could only do the TikTok up moves anytime getting on the floor. That was not me. But then I also had the luxury of I had family in New York City. I had a brother, sister. So I was able to come to New York quite often and I'd bring back the latest hip hop styles. So I went from like trying to prove myself in more like a white rock culture to being the cool guy now in this hip hop culture that everybody wanted a part of. So hip hop for me growing up was that switch, bro. Like, you know, of being now not having to deal with as much racism and being like, it was like cool to be black. It was cool to have black fashion. Cool to have black. So I, I owe hip hop that. Like I owe hip hop that. And I will never um, forget how hip hop made that transition for me. Um, but I would say, like Matt said, we are only, if hip hop is only 50 years young. And I think people like Matt, you know, I applaud you, Matt, you know, for you, how you help push this hip hop movement. You are a part of it. You are definitely a part. I'm just saying that you were, and you continue to be a part of it. I think the godfathers like yourself and artists too, because it's not just the artists that made hip hop. It's people like yourself that made hip hop what it is today. To be very proud of that. I think you guys have planted the seeds for hip hop. And I think hip hop, it's time for this young generation to let the revolution begin, you know, to get to do more things like chance the rapper is doing to really monetize and help the community help uplifting people 
with this great gift that God has given to us. Right. So I would say I'm not going to sit here and congratulate and shake high fives what people are doing. I think there's more can be done. And it's a way of now, Okay, let's try to really make this impactful in our community, because when you asked the question before we went to break, you know, I don't think there's anything that's coming to the black community that's really made the impact it's supposed to make since post-slavery, since probably Jim Crow ended. And, you know, we were free as slaves over, you know, 400 years of enslavement. I don't think there's anything that's really been like strongly impacted. Yeah. We've had some great leaders, you know, right down from Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Barack Obama. I put him in that category, you know, Muhammad Ali, we can go on and on and on. But to, to your point, we need that. And maybe hip hop can be that part to kind of lead that revolution. So, you know, 150 years from now, there is no more hood, you know, money is spread out throughout the community. So I would say that, but I thank you hip hop because you, you, you changed my whole childhood. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad we were able to give tribute to something so special and so dear in our lives. So with that being said, I'm two black guys with good credit. Oh my, Matt is so passionate, Matt. Leave it alone. I just gave you the, no, no, no. the best ending and you gotta, you gotta say something else. I gave you your I, I flowers. I did everything, bro. What else and you gotta I say? Flowers. And you gave the example of who was your example of somebody, Oh, chance the rapper. Um, I just want to say this. It is heartbreaking sometimes when hip hop, some of the dysfunction because, and it's not a hip hop thing. It's a world thing. It's a human thing. The black community we have, we've been put in a, a scenario and a position because of the history where there is trauma and dysfunction and, and, and problems that were caused on the outside. And now it's on the inside at a certain point, we have to help fix ourselves, but it is sad when you see, when you said chance, the rapper made me think about Nipsey hustle, who was a great example of someone who was trying to buy back the block buy he was trying to buy the real estate in his, in his, uh, in Los Angeles, the neighborhood he came up in and he was, teaching STEM to kids and he was doing all these things. He was acknowledged and a member of a gang, a street gang in Los Angeles. So he was, he was had a duality kind of like Tupac where he was very, he had been in, in the gangs, but he was also very woke in terms of wanting to help. And then as he was turning that corner, really, I think making a major change and kind of enlightening people and, and giving opportunities, he was gunned down by one of his own neighborhood young black men. So I, the point I'm making is it's just heartbreaking when you see people making gains that you're talking about and then you see our own, you know, chopping them down or it could be the police, Rodney King, it could, it could be a police killing. It could be inside the neighborhood, whatever it is. All I'm saying is it's heartbreaking when you see the potential like in a Nipsey hustle in terms of a leader or a chance or all the leaders you, you mentioned, there's so much potential with hip hop that you just want, you hope we can get to a point where, like you said, that revolution can start or we can bi really build off what the potential is to make a change that's felt 50 years from now. We could look back and like, wow, this was a game changer beyond a, a level anyone could have ever imagined. But, you know, again, it, this is not a, a, a sitcom. This is not a Hollywood movie with a happy ending. This is going to take work. So I hope that the people who are in power positions can, uh, join forces and the and, and everyone can do what, what, whatever is humanly possible to make a, a, a strong change. Like I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. So All right, I got to say one more thing then. So oh, okay. I agree. I and, and, and I hope we stop professing about how much billions we have and just kind of sharing those billions. Cause you know, you can live off millions to be very comfortable and kind of do good with the rest in my opinion. So I, I agree with what you're saying. And maybe our next show, Matt, we should do continue this celebration of hip hop. We're going to do 
our most impactful hip hop artists, producers that have made the financial impact and the impact that we feel in the community, not the most popular, but the most ones that are doing the most work. I think that'll be our next show because I'm, I'm the better half two black guys. A good show. Not in today's show. Matt's the better half today. He's a historian. You got it today. You got it today. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, I'm out. As I say, your money's your money. Keep it in your damn pocket, people. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.